underneath some magic spoon. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Alongside my chum, Ian Ferguson. I'm right here. I'm chummy Pat Contry in a fish sense. On the show today, we're talking about Sony betting on consoles. Wink. Uh, what is now considered retro? There might be a new slew of systems. They're now officially retro, according to one Japanese show. And we'll do a Patreon poll topic and Q&A and other bits and pieces on this busy Tuesday morning. Ian, how was, how was your weekend? How was my weekend? Yeah. It was fantastic. My weekend was wonderful. How'd you know, how'd you know I was going to ask that? I, you know, just knew we were getting to that point of the, the intro. Right. What, 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 are you, what are you talking about? It's, it's always, we always change it up. We, always, we, we usually go through our weekends. Uh, no, it was wonderful. Uh, Friday was the first time my co-host on Extra Napkins and I were able to hang out in over a year. We recorded two episodes, ate at three restaurants, uh, went to the butcher shop, the flea market, and a bunch of other stuff. What, what flea market did you go to? We went to Kobe's on a Friday. It was miserable. You went to a flea market without me? <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, it was awful. I mean, I... Well, there, what there was there? Friday's always nothing. bad. There was nothing there. Friday's always bad. I, I, told, I told Bye. John there wasn't going to be anything there. And then um, on top of that, we didn't get there until like 1130. Oh, no, then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be there by, by eight at, at latest. I, uh, From what I hear, the Friday when I, I used to try to go to some Fridays, people were because I did find I remember one time I, I found a Saturday. It looks like, like a garage days. sale that spilled over into a couple of adjacent houses. But that was about it. From what I hear, Friday is like the pillage day for the other sellers at not just that flea market for for the Saturday and Sunday, but also other flea markets and also people that sell like in Tijuana, they come on the Friday for some reason and they like get their goodies for the rest of the weekend. You gotta get there super fucking early. I'm like before seven, it sounds like. But I've gone on Fridays. I think I found when the last Fridays I went to was probably five, six years ago, I found a Saturn and like five games there. I was like shocked to find that. But in general, Friday's horrible. Yes. Yeah, it was bad. You decided just to go, though. Just but, go. yeah, we just went to go. John has been but, uh, thrifting up in Joshua Tree, at, like, for the past every weekend. In the, like, since he got double vaxxed, that's what he's been doing. What, what, when you're thr- thrifting in Joshua Tree, where are there, like, little bunnies and, and little rodents selling stuff? I mean, where, where's No, where's apparently the there's a, a huge flea market up there, and oh. it's, it's mostly, like, arts and crafts and stuff like that. Oof. Okay. Um, well, I mean, he's not looking for the same stuff you're looking for. Don't judge me. What else did we do? Oh, I went to the zoo for the first time in over a year on, on Monday. Supporting the best zoo, arguably in the world, but definitely in the U.S., in um, North America. It was fantastic. Yesterday, the weather was overcast. Uh, it was cool out. It sprinkled like just lightly for most of the day. Almost all the animals were active. I got to see the Tasmanian devils. What time did you go? Uh, we got there admittedly later than we wanted to. I didn't get there. We got, we got there at like 1230. Yeah, usually you won't get there in the morning when they're they're waking up and you know. Yeah, like no, that's the and... thing. Like usually, I try to get there by like ten or eleven because that's also when they do some of the feedings, especially for the Tasmanian devils. But um, almost everything was like super active. It was great. I forgot just how much I love that place. And then we yeah. went and got ramen afterwards. It's like I wish I lived within walking distance of that place. I'd go like four times a week. Oh yeah, just to space, just say hi to the critters. Sam the fishing cat. Yep. I don't, Sam, I don't know if you're. Uh, female or male, it works either way. It does. Sam's a good name. Sam's a good name. Sam's a quality name. Going back to who's the boss. So, what about you, sir? Um, I watched a Netflix series. We talked about these crime. This is going to turn into a crime, um, podcast soon enough. If there's no retro gaming topics, Son of Sam 
uh, Netflix series called Sons of Sam. Um, was on, I think it was new because I haven't see, I didn't see I check Netflix for crime documentaries every two weeks. There's like usually a new one on there. We've talked about before the Richard Ramirez one and a couple other mm-hmm. ones. The, the weird woman that killed herself in, in, on top of the hotel, the Cecily Hotel in mm-hmm. L.A. I know all I was running L.A. So anyway, this is about the uh, son of Sam. Those who don't know the son of Sam killer, one of those famous serial killers from 76 to 77 in New York City would go up to uh, usually couples in cars that were probably making out or just parked randomly at night and just shoot them with a 44 caliber handgun and terrorize the city uh, for like a year. They had no idea what, what was happening and you couldn't stop it. Anyway, and they eventually caught the guy through good old-fashioned police work and a good break. And just uh, not really a break. It was good old-fashioned police work that caught him because of a parking uh, ticket and putting two and two together. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like happened with Ramirez, kind of something like that. Anyway, so um, uh, so this is about more about the author of this book. Uh, what the hell was the book called? But my Maury Terry did a famous book in 87, um, basically trying to link uh, Berkowitz, the killer, to a cult up in Yonkers where Berkowitz was from. Right. Um, and being like, this could have been the work of cult members, multiple members in the cult um, that actually did this and doing pretty good work to sort of piece these things together and trying to interview not just Berkowitz, but trying to track down people that literally lived right next to Berkowitz that there was like some clues and some of the letters that were sent to police. So it's like, this wasn't nothing. There was potentially something there, but then it delved into how, obsessed this guy got and how like eventually ruined his life right uh so like he had something but then couldn't let it go even when it was like two of the people that were potentially in the cult like died like one committed suicide in like fucking north dakota one got in a car accident in new york the year, new york the year later they was trying to they're trying to link it to um uh what what the hell was his name uh manson and his cult and like so there was like these specious like links here and there and then he was on talk shows. I think I remember seeing him on talk shows back in the day. He was on like uh, Geraldo and other talk sh- shows. And then like it was interesting more until like what happens when you get overly obsessed with something like that. But when you look at the evidence in the Berkowitz case and the fact that like one of the most inf- infamous things or weird things about it was that like all the sketches of the kill- killers were r- really different. Right. And not just like, well, people look at things the same way. It's like four or five of the sketches are entirely different looking people with hairstyle. And so like and then and a couple of them kind of match up to these these two brothers that live near Berkowitz. So it's like this could have been something. And maybe the NYPD didn't pursue this as much as they could have. Right. But this author couldn't let it go for like 30 years. He kept trying to pursue more and more and like went into a rabbit hole and. It's an interesting thing. I learned stuff about the Berkowitz cases I didn't know, not that I knew a lot about it, but like it's interesting to learn about the Son of Sam killings, but also about this one guy and his pursuits. And it was uh, narrated by Paul Giamatti doing the, doing the voice of Maury Terry, this guy. So it's like, it's fascinating. Four parts. Perfect for four parts. That seems like a good four-parter. Four parts. That's it. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I will watch that. And it ventures out, it branches out into these other killings that they try to link and it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I'm getting more into this true crime stuff, more, more and more. I, I'm fascinated by this stuff. I'm fascinated by this stuff. And then uh, I've been uh, dealing with appliance issues. There's one thing I, I, that on the CU podcast you know about is me, uh, electronics and appliance issues, whether it's TVs, uh, printers, or refrigerators, printers, refrigerators. Or, or furnaces, or furnaces. Uh, heating and air conditioning. I run the gamut. So the latest thing on my uh, eight-year-old LG fr- fridge ago, 
uh, we thought the compressor went last year. It was actually a little $10 relay to tur- that told the compressor to turn on and off. Um, then the pump went to send water into the system. That was like $200 of parts and labor, whatever. That's not bad. Now the ice maker went. I just spent $200 on parts and labor on, on the, to replace the ice maker. When I, in my head, I'm like, maybe it's not the ice maker. Maybe this fridge just hates me. So I placed the ice, uh, the guy, and, 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 the, and the guy was nice, but like after I saw him put the ice maker in, I'm like, I could have done that. Like, I could have done that. But okay, here's 70 bucks, 80 bucks. Like, I could have done that for peace of mind that I wanted someone to do it. Um, but it didn't work still. Just look up YouTube videos. Man. I know, I know, Ian, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to fuck it up. Um, my, my whole I mean, I, I get it. I just um, don't think you would fuck that up. I, well, thanks, Ian, for the vote of confidence. in yourself. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, the ice maker's not working still. At least I thought. It's teasing me now. It's making, it's making like a single cube a day of ice. If Ian looked in there, he would see like single <laughs> cubes of the shape. I've been, I had to buy on Amazon the, the little hexagonal cute little ice cubes I've been putting, dumping in there. And like, but I looked one day and I'm like, oh, I see. And I dumped it before, so I know these were brand new ice cubes. Two of those like teardrop shaped. Then I saw another one. So it's like <laughs> it gave you three ice cubes. It's talking to me. It's doing like because <laughs> you because you. you hear the ice cube maker turn like turn and do stuff. Yeah, but if if it's not working properly, I guess it's not telling the water come. I don't fucking know. All I know is like now I'm like down to you can. There's literally a motherboard like a computer board that operates your your fridge. Mm-hmm. It like it installs. It looks like a CPU board to communicate with it. So I'm like I don't want to go down that route. But if I have to, that's the last thing because there's nothing else to replace. Place replace the pump. The compressor is fine. Ice, mice maker. That's all the parts of this thing, of a fridge. That's all you get. That's all you have in a refrigerator besides this fucking motherboard thing. And, I, and people are like, well, Pat, buy a new refrigerator. They're three grand for a refrigerator like this. They're not cheap, you know, for this caliber of refrigerator. Fridges are not cheap. You have a Theseus fridge. Y- yes, Ian, it's turning into that. I replaced the handle. <laughs> the handle broke. There, and there was a replacement handle that was in the garage from the prior owners. LG had shitty handle design. They've already swapped out. So this is like the old model that they, they stopped doing, right? Because they probably realized this is all the old, this is all the bad shit we got to replace. It's like the, getting the last year of a bad car before they discontinue it. <laughs> but you know, when you buy a house, you usually you get the appliance with it. The washer and dryer have been fantastic, um, and you know the fridge has been fucking me. So, well, I'm sorry to hear. What, what are you looking up, Ian? Phoebe Cates? No, I'm. Uh... I was checking the betting. I was reloading the betting consoles. Thing. I'm, I'm don't, loading don't, don't fast articles. forward. Don't, 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 don't. I'm getting my ducks in a row, Patrick. I don't think you're paying attention to my refrigerator woes. I, I know you all use, about You use the ice more than I do. Woes. When you come over, you dump that ice in that, in that usually. Oh, I've oh. just been drinking well, you don't trust lately. my you don't trust my hexagonal ice cubes now? I'm, I'm just yeah, a little I, concerned about your ice maker. It's still clean water. It's still, it's still filtered water, Ian. <laughs> You're judging me because my ice maker's broken. See what happens? Really? I'm not you judging what, you. See what happens your when, you, when your fridge broken. breaks? Fridge breaks. Friendships break. <laughs> friendships break. They fall apart. If you don't have a working top of the line fridge, Pat, I can't it's be friends ridiculous. with you. I've only yeah. been doing this podcast uh, so I can use your refrigerator. I know. I know. It's obvious at this point. So anyway, that's what that's what I did this weekend. I ordered Mexican food, and of course, I uh, I ordered I ordered Pat. Should never order the full nachos again. This is how they get you. The half nachos is always like nine dollars. Oh, for two dollars or three dollars more, I can get the full nachos. No one needs to eat that many nachos themselves, though. That's how they get you. It's the same thing. I go back to with the fucking um, movie theaters. Thank, thankful they're coming back. Push that AMC stock. 
movie theaters are coming back, and you get the fucking uh, regular drink for three fifty. Oh, for seventy five cents more, I can get the jumbo size that's bigger than my entire bladder space, and like no one needs to have that much in them. Like that's how they get you. Speaking of food, though, big big news. Had what? some pork roll yesterday. Oh, this is fantastic news, Ian. I, 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 yes. I had some pork roll yesterday. No, no, no. It was sliced Taylor ham. No, no. It says right on the box, pork roll. But it's Taylor ham brand. The slice it's Taylor one. brand pork roll. Yes. Right Taylor on the ham. box. But, but there's a distinguishing. We call it Taylor ham when it's the pre-sliced one. But anyway, you got the pre-sliced pork roll. Anyway, uh, Vani had never had a pork roll egg and cheese. So I made her a oh. pork roll egg and cheese What did she think about oh, it? Oh, she thought it was great. So that was fantastic. She, it's the first time she ever had pork roll? First time she'd ever had pork roll. And she's roll. like, I get it now. She, yeah, she, yeah. I get it She's now. like, I get it. She's like, this is... It's not spam. It's not scrapple. It's not Canadian bacon. It's pork roll. But that le- brings me to my next point. Right. I'm going to have some scrapple this afternoon. Bought some scrapple, too. Okay. Yeah. I think I've had scrapple in forever. I, I couldn't know what it tastes Never like. Never had it. But it seems like something so, I'd so like. So you got the pre-sliced one, but you can get the, you can get the real pork roll in, encased uh, at, at, at our local place. You can get that uh, at... The at real, uh, you want to slice yeah, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you, you slice it yourself. You can get that you thicker can, piece. They're thicker, but you know, you go for that. You go for the pack. You could do the Pac-Man thing. Did you cut out the Pac-Man? So you, uh, I just, I did the the cross. Oh god, I knew you were gonna say that for some reason. The Pac-Man does work a little bit better. If you just do the straight slice across. Here comes Pac-Man. Yeah, when you're a kid, you're eating Pac-Man for breakfast. It's it does, great. Does work better. You're slicing up Pac-Man. But yeah, I'm excited about this scrapple. I like these formed chopped meat products. They're usually delicious. It, it, it used to be meat at one point. <laughs> it was meat at one point. Yeah. So, yeah, real excited about it. It's scrapple. round. It was once once made of meat. Did you know uh, Scrapple uh, is is called Pan Rabbit in is Germany? It, is this what our podcast is becoming? There's no registering <laughs> This topics. is what I do. Uh, this is why people watch us. Uh, it was called Pan Rabbit. Pan Rabbit? Pan Rabbit. It was brought to America by the Germans. Who actually eat? Rabbit. You go to a German yeah. restaurant, they usually have rabbit. Yeah. I've had it before. So pan rabbit, I just think of as like cheap rabbit, mock rabbit. I don't know if wait, wait, you say you can buy that here? What, pan rabbit? Yeah. Uh, no. Is it rabbit stuck in a roll? No, you pan, slice? Pan, pan rabbit is literally scrapple. It's just a different name for it. Oh, it's not rabbit. No, okay. it's not rabbit at all. Wait, I'm telling you, in Germany, it was rabbit probably. <laughs> no, 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 no. Really? No, I did the research, Patrick. Okay. That's weird. Anyways, uh, right. new DK game, maybe? Maybe? Maybe a new DK game coming you up. Mammy? Mammy. Mammy. Okay, maybe. No, jeez. No, I, I did not mammy. say that. Mammy. Like, if you read maybe, M-E-B-B-E. Mammy. Okay. Um, so that could be a lot of fun. Uh, they don't know if this is going to necessarily be more like the uh, 2D style or if it's going to be an open world game. There hasn't been an open world Donkey Kong game since the... Um, Nintendo 64. I was going to say, 64. Yeah. I think that was the only one they ever did. And uh, there seems to be... The Wii U one was just what? It was just the Wii... 2D, 3D-ish? There was no Wii U one. Oh, Switch, whatever. Oh, well, there was yeah, the Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, there was the... The Tropical Freeze was just a 2D one. Yeah, that was a game. Yeah. Though. Yes, it was. You're right. You're right. You don't, you don't have that much confidence beginning with, with modern games. You and, like I, you make me second guess what I do know now, I which know, is very little. That was bad. The first the fridge goes, and now my mind... You think my mind's going... Okay, so so that was two and a half D or whatever. Okay, so this might be a, a, a two and a half D. Could be a Donkey two, Kong Country. Two thing. and a half D, yes. 2.5 D. Um, so there's also some rumor that it could be a, a mixture of the two uh, games. Like but, Scrapple and Pork Roll. Like Scrapple. Oh, my. Mix a, them together. A Scrapple Roll. Por- 
Huh. Breakfast burrito with cut up pork roll in it. That would be so good. Be so good. I would do that. Oh, sorry. Go on. Uh, you threw me off, man. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Right, so the, it's we don't know what, what it's going to look like, but it's it's a heavy rumor. Yeah. Oh, uh, and it's the, the the big rumor is that it's being done by the Mario Odyssey team. Yeah. And and that's where when I when I think about that, I I think well maybe that's not going to happen just because Donkey Kong, while we all love the old the old uh, Simeon, um, isn't nearly as pop- popular as Mario. And would you really throw that team behind a huge game like that with with it being Donkey Kong? Yeah, I just don't know I don't that know. I see the popularity there. I don't know if Donkey Kong himself as a character, or obviously now it's, you know, he's got Diddy Kong and the three other ones, and old, old Grandpa Kong, who was the original Donkey Kong, I guess. I don't know if that warrants a game like that, me personally, versus just doing a 2.5D one, which is okay, it's fine, it's Donkey Kong. I just, uh, yeah, I don't think that there's enough interest in uh, Donkey Kong necessarily for them to put that kind of effort into it. No, Donkey Kong has become like a legacy character that he still shows up, but he ain't leading the way any, you know, for anything. And I feel like he's you know? perfect for those yeah. those those two point five D games, yeah. you know. I mean the, the Donkey Kong Country style ones, which they have interestingly said uh the rumor says would be dropped from the branding because Donkey Kong Country has become Donkey Kong outside of um, you know, some some arcade throwback stuff. Oh, there's an update on this article, too. Update. Uh, according to the highly respective Donkey Kong fan site, DK Vine chimed in on the report. And they said, development of the new Donkey Kong game purportedly began around 2017 or 18, when Nintendo decided to bring Donkey Kong back internally for the first time since Donkey Kong... First time internally since Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, although Jungle Beat was more of a stopgap than a permanent status quo. I've been led to believe this is a new uh, EP... EPD team that has formed from other teams specifically for the purpose of creating Donkey Kong games. Do we need a new team to be created? Just Is there enough Donkey Kong games that you can make to have one team dedicated to Donkey Kong? I don't know about that. I don't think so. I don't think... It's, Donkey Kong is not Mario. He's not... Right, and Link. we don't need another Mario because we have Mario. This is, an ex- this is a weird example, if this is true, he, yes, of Mar- Mario. Yeah. You, you know how he said they don't do F-Zero because they don't want to... Yeah. I mean... Mario's your platformer guy. Maybe Don Kong can do these little one-offs every five or six years, but Mario's your platformer. You know, he's the guy for that. He's your bread and butter. Uh, so this is weird, but all right, well, I'm not saying we, people don't deserve a Donkey Kong game. You know, I like Donkey Kong Country. No, I do too, but I, I, I would keep it to that 2D thing. I don't think it needs to be that much more. It doesn't need to aspire to be much more than that. Okay, what do we know? Huh? What do we know? What do we know? Well, I'll tell you what we do know. We do know that you can get some refurbished Nintendo Switches. So this is interesting because this uh, means that you're you're well into the middle age of the life of a console when Nintendo officially has a website that has so many returns and problem ones that they fix up to resell. Uh, But that's good news though, because that also means that like they're now fully available again and you can get them. Um, So, and you can order them brand new from Nintendo site, which I had no idea. You can order switches, so they're available. You can order like uh, animal. You can order the Animal uh, Crossing switch. Yeah, the Animal Crossing on one is there, which is odd. I never or, thought we'd see that. Become. And they're not sold out. Like that one's there. The the, the blue and neon red is available, but the, the gray, the, is, sold gray out. is sold out. So you can get refurbished full switches for two sixty, or switch lights for only one seventy. So um, that's that's I'll be that that's the average. Uh, that's actually the prices we sell them for at Luna. 
Luna Video Games, two locations, San Diego. Um, we sell them for those exact same prices. Uh, I don't know what kind of warranty they offer here. Uh, we offer a 90-day warranty. I, they would probably do minimal that, Ian. I'm a, a, <laughs> I don't want you to look at me like that. You have to turn me off. Are you trying to sell me on it? Trying to summon a, a used yellow switch light. I don't know. I'm, I'm in the. I'm, uh, a, I'm in a mode. But once you hit, once you get closer to like 150, for because I've I've thought about getting a switch light for even 200. I'm like that's not bad for a switch light. If if you if I wanted one just to travel, if it was conventions last year, you know, like for, you know, it's a little bit smaller, it's a little more compact. You don't worry about the Joy Cons snapping off or whatever. Um, I thought about it at 170. That's close. That's close to impulse price once you get to that low it's like all right i don't need it but okay go for it it'll be nice to it'll it's nice for people to have this option i can't believe they have this like i really can't believe you can get the nintendo switch animal crossing one is that not available anywhere i I, it might be i just i did i stopped paying attention to it i assumed it was never going to be seen again after it released last year um but yeah nintendo this is something that i think a lot of people don't know nintendo offers refurbs um, on their website, and it's a great way to get stuff for. Um, oh, you can buy it on Target right now. Stuff. Okay, so that's restocked. Uh, yeah, a local store has it. Sometimes for a a a reasonable price. My buddy John actually got his Wii U this way uh, through the Nintendo refurb shop um, back when the re- Wii U was current, and they actually sold it for a really reasonable Wait, price. So how I got mine? That might have been how I got. I mine. might have told you about it actually because it was I like did. thirty forty dollars less. Yeah, because yeah, it was a real deal. It was uh, like two fifty versus three hundred, something right. like that, um, or two forty, two thirty. And even though the SNES Classic and the NES Classic haven't been in production for a while, uh, every right. once in a while they throw refurbs up on this website too. Oh, I didn't know that they they have refurb yep. NES Classics. I, I sell I send people uh, to this website what, all the time. What when do they, they charge on those? Uh, I think they charge like $10 less than new. It's like 50 bucks for the NES. I think that's what it was. And it doesn't come in its original box, but they sure. repackage it in like a plain box. Like sure. someone yeah. bought one and I sent me pictures of what it looked like it looked when fine. you picked it up. And it looked fine. Um, and the thing with a lot of these refurbs are refurb. Nintendo, there's not a lot of stuff on these that can actually truly be taken apart and repaired. So a lot of times when these refurbs come back to you, they they look brand new. And I honestly think with some stuff, it's people didn't know what they were buying. They didn't understand it. It's it's a re, it's a legitimate return, not a not a, not that there was a problem. Sure. Um, I know John had no issues with his Wii U. You didn't have any issues with yours. Uh, everyone that I know who's gone and gotten something through Nintendo's. Um, you know, Shop. used refurb yeah. systems has been really happy with what they've gotten. And again, they, they usually have warranties. Like if you if it's officially referred, whether it's like an Apple product or what have you, if you're buying it from them, there's usually some sort of warranty on top of it to make to give you some sort of peace of mind. Usually, um, but now that's great. Two sixty for a switch when five months ago you couldn't find them, and now it's like oh two sixty here you go. And I, I wonder though how many of these are either the original one or the one point. Uh, one uh, with a better battery. Um, that might not be clear based on what they have. That's probably not going to be clear. Oh, no, this one does tell you the model. Oh, it does. It tells you, it says the HAC-001-01. Oh, that's the higher battery life. Yeah, that is. Oh, so these might be the newer ones. Because that's all they've been selling the past, what, two years now? Have been the newer ones? Just about uh, a year and a half? Two, I think two years, year and a half. So like, okay, it's on the website. It tells you what model you're getting. 
So you're getting you're getting the better battery one. Damn it, I should sell mine and get the better battery. I should try mine into Luda Video Games two locations and get that. Yeah, it says four point five to nine hours of battery life. That's the newer one, I think, because the old one can't go nine hours on anything. I don't believe. I think I think that's yeah. Yeah, no, those definitely. This model includes battery life. That's approximately four. That's a newer yeah. one. Yeah, the yep. older one doesn't have that uh, dash second dash zero one. So cool. Well, there you go. We're hawking Nintendo stuff. They're sponsoring this podcast. No, they're not. They're not. But, but I could use a Switch Lite. I can, I can use a, a nice Aqua Switch Lite. I could use another delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal. Use Coach CEO Podcast to save five bucks. Magic Spoon, the best the best thing potentially we've ever ever. Uh, we have We're not officially endorsing, but we're endorsing Magic Spoon cereal using Coach CEO Podcast. Sorry, uh, I'm also endorsing UltimateNintendo.com. Where you can uh, get yummy, yummy, colorful books. Super Nintendo uh, is in a purplish and then uh, blue for NES. And there's also colorful enamel CU podcast pins and RBI baseball stickers in gold. Solid meat. Solid meat. Ian still never got one of the stickers. Never got one. I don't know what I would do with it. I can snip it off for you like a raffle ticket. We can do an arm length. I should sell by the arm length, like the, like the raffle tickets. Remember the raffle tickets? Oh, arm yeah. Length? Arm length, 20 bucks. I don't want that guy. That guy's bigger. <laughs> Get a couple bigger arm length. Remember the 50 50 splits at high school ice hockey games? I didn't have uh, that. Ian. No, they probably did it at like baseball. Like, I just remember the 50 50 raffles from, through the church and through the. They do 50 50 raffles two a day, uh, our summer uh, fair. They would do that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so UltimateNintendo.com, and then I'll be on Twitch Wednesday night, twitch.tv slash country code for Wednesday, Wednesday night. Ian loves it. My favorite uh, 80s night. commercials. My favorite, favorite night, night. Of the week. He comes in every, every, he says hi, we have him on, you know. <sighs> I talk about my favorite commercials. I talk about all the commercials that I was in. Talks about Pan That's, Rabbit. Pan Rabbit. Pan Rabbit sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and on Cameo, cameo.com slash Pat Country. I just wish someone a happy graduation getting their electrical uh, engineering uh training done so that was good for them nice let's talk about a little bit of bullshit uh ebay has banned uh adult games you cannot buy adult games on ebay any longer and those ebay commercials you can find it on ebay uh the ban won't just apply to old copies of leisure suit larry magnum come loud on cut pc edition but all games with the rating of x triple x r18 or unrated for an adults only audience games aren't rated x it's adults only but i see what they're saying it's like anything above mature or rated r basically um as kotaku noted the new rule won't apply to games in australia rated r18 um probably because australia's fucking rating system is insanely conservative even by like our standards yeah very very weird it's it's closer to puritans down there yeah it's very Uh, strange um, but yeah, this is I, I, I hate this. I hate how sexuality and sexual things are criminalized in the U.S. And violence is totally fine. Violence is totally fine. I always go back to I, I, when when they switched from the PG when they when they got PG thirteen for the first like ten years of PG thirteen. They really used it very carefully. What, what PG-13 was. Then it got to a point, like, by the, the mid to late 90s, where, oh, PG-13 is now an R-rated movie with no boobs. Like, that's... Or, or no saying the F word. That's basically what it became. And it's not like... Yeah, I saw Lethal Weapon when I was a, a child, and I probably shouldn't have, but I did. So like, don't say, oh, Pat, we were not, you shouldn't allow violent movies. I'm just saying the rating system is fucked. It's fucked. Oh, yeah. For movies, and that, like, you can't show uh, a booby or a butt 
or get rated R. And like, you can show like one, but it's even still rare to see a boob in a PG thirteen movie. Used to see, they used to be in PG movies, nudity in the eighties. Then it turned, into, then it turned into, I can shoot you in the head in a movie. That's PG thirteen as long as there's no blood, but you're getting shot up still. So it's like, how is that? How is that good for a thirteen year old, uh, or with parents' permission, younger? But like, you can't see a boob. Like, I never got it. I never got it. We're a ba- we're a backward society. We glorify violence, obviously, and I don't see why. It, you can't see it's stupid. Yeah. It's just stupid. American values. I'm not, value. I'm, I'm, I'm not accusing you listener directly. <laughs> I'm saying American values in general. Don't come at me. Are extremely puritanical and fucked. They're just awful. Yes. My father, I'll never forget this. I hope my mom's not listening to the podcast. Uh, I saw lethal weapon two in the theater when I was, uh, what was that? Be? Would that be 89? I was nine or yes. Yeah, was that like a PG 13? No, it was not. Oh, okay. Ian. I was going to say that's a hard, so. violent yeah. movie. I was going to say, why are you bringing it up? Good, then, good old that, Dick though. Donner. Did, I love one of the most underrated directors ever. Um, no, I'm bringing it up because you see Martin Riggs, uh, Mel Gibson's character, uh, you know, literally shoot people in the stomach and blood coming out and like slam their heads in the car doors. But my father covered my eyes for the sex scene in the theater. <laughs> like that's like that's what was going to fuck me up mentally. Dad was was seeing, you know, some uh, n- nice European uh, boobs. But don't worry, Martin Riggs can fucking go on a rampage archer style. That's basically my God and just fucking kill all these South African folks. Great. I like the plot of the movie, by the way, I like weapon too. But like, yeah, it it's nuts. It's nuts. Sorry. So now I can't get Larry Man to come laud on, on, on eBay. I can't. Especially because it wasn't a bad game. I had cute little mini games for the for this Never stuff. played it. That was the last Leadership Larry game, probably. It was, you're playing as a nephew in college. But there is, it's not hardcore sex. There is, there's depictions of sex in that game, in the adult only version. There's depictions yes. of sex. Yes. The but you don't see, stuff. like, insertion or you don't see uh, Larry's, you know, what, not Larry. Is it Larry? It is still Larry. You don't see like any parts or anything. You know. No parts. Leisure suit Larry Magna come loud uncut. No parts. No parts. You don't <laughs> see the the bit the bits and, and you know goodies, but but oh you know God, I'm so fucking annoyed. I'm so annoyed by so many things today, including my ice maker. What are we going in any direction in this? Can, that? can I can I so you can't buy any porn from eBay? Because there used to be porn on eBay, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you can't. I, I remember, uh, like, before I moved out here, I, a guy that I used to watch wrestling with ordered a lot of porn off of eBay. Did you want to buy used porn on eBay, though? Is that, is that no, like, something you want to do? I don't. No. Like, is that something you want to do? Get one of those special flashlights. Check it out. D- it Dows it in rubbing alcohol before you put the disc in? <laughs> yeah. I never thought about that. You know, when you were a kid... Uh, this goes back. This goes back. This goes back to the forest porn and the woods porn. Uh, for, woods porn. Yes, I never was involved with that. <laughs> Who doesn't? Love My friends woods when they were twelve, thirteen. Oh, we're gonna go out, you know, and take turns. Like you guys can have that. <laughs> I'm good at twelve, thirteen year old. Even though I would love to see a nudie magazine when I'm twelve or thirteen, I'm good. That's too weird for me. I'm not running basically a train uh, between yourselves in a magazine. When I'm 12, I'm not doing that. Fucking Eddie and, and Dan, I'm not fucking doing that. Over the same rain-soaked copy of Jet. They, they lived, <laughs> Dan lived down the street from Mike Kevin, by the way. <sighs> Shows his mentality. All right. we, we, we ran in the same circles there. It's fucking weird. Sorry, what's, what's happening with this podcast? We're already off the, roll, off the rails here. Off the roll? Off the roll. Uh, Xbox. Microsoft is going to touch. Uh, touch. Microsoft is going to test. <laughs> touch. <laughs> Is that a word? John Tesh? 
Microsoft is going to test. That NBA song. NBA ABC song rules. One of my favorite Conan O'Brien clips ever was like that music put over like various scenes in movies that were like over the top. Hilarious. God, I miss old Conan. Remember the Chuck Norris poll thing for the Chuck Norris scenes? Okay, so. To, buy, to bypass scalpers, Microsoft tests Xbox Series X reservation system. The company is testing the program for a small group of Xbox Insider members who own the older Xbox One console and are likely to upgrade. This is an article on PC Mag from Michael Can. Thanks, um, Michael. So th- well, thanks for reporting. <laughs> thanks for uh, reporting, okay. Michael. Uh, it's to be open to a small number of U.S. consumers. It's currently targeting owners of the last generation. Uh, they, they tweeted this out on May 11th. Uh, a little about a week ago. Um, so they have to register to a chance to reserve one. Limited space is available. Don't. And not all who register will be selected. So this is a, basically a pilot program to pre-select you to be able to. It's almost like the, you know, the, how we buy tickets at Comic-Con. It's like, okay, you're going to be pre-selected and then it will be a pool that we select from to do it. I'll tell you when but, you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, it won't necessarily require commitment, but if you're picked, it'll ask you, are you willing to buy one? So this could be a way forward uh, in order to sell consoles directly. And I don't see if they have the capacity to ship these out, why someone like Microsoft wouldn't want to try to do this, at least for by regional, especially since Microsoft's a U.S. company, shipping to U.S. customers, at least, or North America. Like, why not try this out? I'm not saying every company can do this or Nintendo can do this, but, like, see if it works. Even if, even if you can help out, like, 10% of the consumers in this way, you're gonna you're gonna hurt the scalpers a lot. 20 percent, like just sort of cut into it. Yeah, they don't really yeah. talk about how they would like they they select, but I could see this being really handy for because there's gonna be another console generation or the next point oh. or the next point five upgrade or whatever yeah. they decide to do. Basically, <clears throat> have these people who are part of your network sign up. You got all the emails from everyone. Yep, if they're interested, and uh, take a look at some metrics. Look at who plays it the most, who's most likely to want to go right out and buy your new system, and send them an email and be like, "Hey, we got this. Are available. you interested in this? Yeah, maybe you can buy. We one. can. We can. If you say yes, we can give you a window of these two months where we're going to get one to you. You know, something sort of like that. Sure. And um, yeah, sell, basically sell directly to them so they don't have to go out of their way to do it. Yeah, they, and they scalpers, scalpers are cut out of the process. Sc- scalpers lose, and obviously, you know, a third-party retailer will lose out, potentially, even though, like, they can't keep these in stock. Whenever they, whenever I see an alert, oh, they're back in stock on Best Buy, and it's like they're gone in, like, two minutes, three minutes. It's an interesting you know? um, it's an interesting idea, and it, it reminds me a little bit of what uh, Playdate has said they will go they will do when they release their system um in that basically it's never going to sell out but you can always reserve um and they'll give you a date kind of a rough idea of when they're going to get it to you and these are ways that i think are that are good for people who are a little bit more patient to i guess get that anxiety out of their system be like okay i might not have it immediately but i know when i'm going to get it and then they're less likely to turn to a scalper or something like that and plus we always forget like social media is not everyone that's a minority of people and yeah not everyone is waiting if you're you know uh you know billy Lunchpail. billy Lunchpail. you're not on social media during the day he loves scrapple you like you like pan rabbit and he loves um, this pan rabbit and you're not going to be available to be online to to see an alert and then buy something for yourself or for your kid like that's not how consumerism works for most people it's shifted weirdly the past 
three, four, five years, and obviously scalping bots haven't hurt that and exacerbated it. But most people are like, "Oh, it sold out. Oh, bummer. I'll, I'll check back later to see if it's back." Right. Like, like so. Yeah, I love this. I hope more companies do this. I hope more sell directly. It's capitalism, you know. Mm. Just sell directly, and everyone wins. You know, less scalping, lower prices, more profit for the for the company making it. You know, bad for retail though. Sorry, Ian. bad for retail in the long run. But you'll get you'll get the used stuff in. You don't sell new consoles anyway. New, sh- I mean, we do, but it's not like it's not. You sold new, new Xbox Series X? No, no. Oh. I mean, we we sell modern stuff. We don't sell new, new, brand new. But we do sell the used versions of Nintendo's idea of new. We do sell used new 3ds's. <clears throat> What the hell's a used new 3DS? The 3DS was there was the 3DS 3DS oh, XL. You're, trying, you're, be, you're being you're being cute and pithy. <clears throat> yes, I'm being pithy. Good, good Ian, very good. Um, what about Ubisoft switching strategies? Yeah, God, this article, this article. Holy shit! This article is full of all of that speak that I love so much. Corporate speak. So much I want to put Ian, if, speak. if I had my druthers, I want to put Ian in a corporate environment for only a month Mwah. where you got to wear a suit or at least at least business casual for a month and work in a cubicle like I did, like I slaved away. <sighs> I want to see it. I want to see it just to see the, the, the awkward interactions. You have to force yourself with people that you don't like for that long. You're spending more time with people than your family, uh, basically, uh, that you can't stand. I evolved these glands that allowed me to spit venom. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like that guy in X-Men First Class got the gills. Yeah. I, uh, so Ubisoft came out and said a bunch of stuff that doesn't make me feel very confident about Ubisoft or being able to enjoy their games. I was just talking uh, last week about how I enjoy The Division. Um, you, like, you like the multiplication as well? Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, anyway. Was it actually a good one? I caught you off the part. <laughs> I don't know if you're making fun of me. You're actually laughing for real. I can't tell. Your face turned red. No, it's good. I like that. <laughs> wow, that's, I got him. That's my that's my kind of humor, Patrick. Um, so the company said that uh, they are going to uh, expand their free to play offerings. It, uh, can I say this quote? Yes. In line with the evolution of our oh. high quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior comment regarding releasing three to four premium triple A's per year, said Ubisoft's chief, chief financial officer, Frederick Frederick Duguay? Duguet. Um, so, so it, it is indeed no longer a proper indication of our value creation dynamics. Oof. Wow! Wow! So, so this got so this got <laughs> twisted immediately when this came out. It meant like, oh no, Ubisoft's not making AAA games again. That's not what it means. No. So, but they are they are oh. expanding to free to play. So they said that you know they're putting out the four AAA games a year is no longer the indicator of something, etc. That they want to see. They're going to expand it and do a lot of free to play as well. They're going to diversify. They're yes. Um, so with a lot of their style of games like Division, Division's going to be the first one that they're doing this with. Uh, it's called Division Homeland, I believe, and um, Division Heartland, uh, and it's going. <laughs> It's a standalone experience. It's they're, they're, they're building this up like it's going to be a full entry, not a side entry in the series. And it's going no, to I'm be... I'm just a, thinking of the, the, the Switch calculator app. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, and it's going to be free to play, which incidentally completely eliminates all interest I might have had um, in it. Obviously, they see a lot of money here. And games like The Division 
are set up very well for this sort of free-to-play freemium model. Um, Destiny kind of did it. Um, Warframe does it. You know, there's a lot of these these shoot 'em up games that have made a lot of money charging microtransactions. Um, this line, though, has I just want everyone to know uh, this line kills me. Uh, <clears throat> additionally, we are building high end free to play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term. So that they're, okay. they're looking to make free to play synonymous with AAA, which I think is going to be a tall order. Uh, but this is purely purely a financial communication evolution. And- <laughs> It doesn't change the fact that we continue to expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful premium and free-to-play new releases. Uh, a high cadence of content delivery. It basically says we're coming out with a lot of crap still. <laughs> yes. They're going to come out with a lot of stuff that will probably also include normal AAA uh, experiences. You know, you pay the yeah. 60 to $70, you get the game. But they are looking to, I think, in the future, replace that with this free-to-play stuff. Because they realize that, wow, we can people we are, can sell sixty dollars to everyone, or uh, we can have most people play it for free. But there's going to be like ten percent of the idiots that spend eight hundred dollars per per game, and we'll make more money over. Because that's basically how this stuff works. You have the whales that you have like ten percent of the people that spend ninety percent of the dollars on yes. these mobile games. That's how it works. Yep. Most people spend very little or nothing, right? And they get most of the experience out. But you have some idiots. Not idiots. Spend the money the way you want to, but if you have a problem and they're spending several hundred dollars at there, least on some of these games. There are plenty of people who, uh, who can play these games over many years, and I mean, essentially they end up paying what would equate out to um, like a monthly like subscription fee or something. Oh, like sure. That. There are definitely people who play yeah. these things responsibly. There are some people who never put but, anything into them. But some also spend thousands. Yes, they do. Because some of these games uh, are based almost like getting random things like in card packs where you spend money to hopefully get shit versus paying directly. That's which is gambling. It is. Um, and so, yeah, they have a problem, but Hey, people have money to spend and they're going to spend it on shit. And you know, so they, they're just, they're just Ubisoft tapping into the, Hey, we see where the money is. We're not stupid. We want some of that money. We want some of that money as well. I, I don't think it's a, it doesn't sound attractive though, or appealing. Uh, I mean, but I'm not the market for no, free to play. We're not the market. I, I, uh, and I understand, I, I talk shit a lot about a lot of free-to-play, but I think I'm just the wrong age for it. I think there's a lot of people younger than us who are just used to it. This is kind of a model they've been dealing with their whole lives. and they They're getting high-quality games that are free. We didn't have that. Right, and they know how to, exactly, and they know how to play them properly by spending what they need to spend and, and no more. Sure, maybe that. they'll spend $10 on it and get a couple of things they but like. But I'm beyond yeah. that. I just, I don't have World that men. interest. I want to be able to buy a game and just have everything I need right there. Yeah, we don't want to have to like outthink the system or be like, well, if I grind out, I could then get ahead by not spending the money. No, just I'll spend 60 bucks. I got the cash. Just give me everything. Right. That's where it's changed. But again, yeah, imagine if like back in the day it was like, well, you, we got a free-to-play Super Mario Bros. 3 where you can wait a week and a half in order to get to the second world or you spend $10 now and you get that second <laughs> world right away. Sure. That's basically the equivalent. Yeah. We didn't grow up with that. No. We didn't grow up with that. We, we would do our, our DLC was renting the game repeatedly. That was the closest thing we yes. got to DLC. <laughs> renting Ninja Gaiden seven times until you beat it, which, which is still cheaper than buying the game. But like that's, that, that was it. Depends on your rental place, too. Well, it was $3 usually to rent, 2 to $3. Yeah, there about for a couple of days. So anyway, that, that's, that's fun. 
That's fun. What else is happening? You know, anything else happening? Are we done with this with this really weird forty three minute intro? I think it's time for a slide, slide, slippity slide, slippity slide. Living in the city, it's do or die. <clears throat> Ian, come along and ride on the Fantastic Sea podcast. All right, Ian. Uh, we know gambling is big nowadays, and it's becoming more prevalent. We have. Uh, you know, it's the talk of the town. It's the talk of the town. People it's, love to gamble. It's been decriminalized in the U.S. for a few years now, and it's legal now in more and more states to bet on sports and other other things. I like my predicted gambling, which is somehow illegal in all 50 states. How do you feel about Keno? Uh, I don't like Keno. You don't like Keno? No, it's it's it's, it's like a lottery, basically. I don't like it. Keno's fun uh, when you're drinking. So uh, now, though, with competitive gaming and esports, there's been uh, gambling in this for a long time at this point. since almost the inception, especially... Uh, overseas and along with that has come controversy with players throwing games and things of that nature because uh, it's it's you know younger people getting in trouble so sony now is seeing the trend of gambling in esports sony has patented their own game betting system the esports platform could allow spectators to bet money or in-game items with odds determined by player history so the patent was filed in 2019. Including Bitcoin, by the way. I just want to point oh, that out. Oh, really? I didn't get to that. Oh, it's the, right in the first. Yeah, Bitcoin, money, in-game items. Oh, wow. Uh, the patent was filed in 2019, but published this month. Patents uh, take a while to get through sometimes because they have to be looked over. Be like, okay, is this is actually a, like a real thing that you can patent? Or is it bullshit? Um, it can be used, in theory, uh, to allow live match betting on esports games such as those held during the EVO fighting game tournament, which the PlayStation parent jointly acquired earlier this year. What a coincidence! What a coincidence! A coinky did. Remember we talking about a couple months ago, why, what was Sony get out of buying EVO? And we're like, yeah, well, they can help promote their games and stuff. Wow, were we fucking naive, Ian? We Not were. Th- we were pretty fucking dumb. We're the Not naive. Not even about gambling. Look, like, at, look at us naive, boys. Look at us. Like, oh, good look old Sony. Look at us being naive Giant shit. corporation Sony. Just oh, they're doing it for the community and... Well, this could be something that maybe we don't see this year, potentially, but we're going to see this. Um, so the patent would, would use Sony system, would, would use the past histories of players or esports teams to determine betting odds offered to spectators viewing gameplay. Okay, if people don't know about gambling, uh, when you see odds happen, they're, they're usually set in one of two ways. Uh, when it's purely win or lose odds, that's usually uh, established by whoever's taking the bets, but then it changes based upon how much money is going into the winner or loser. It just goes in like that. It's like, okay, all the money's going to here. They adjust right. the odds in order to get – They want the, 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 the bookmaker wants to balance out the bets as much as possible. That's, in theory, what odds are doing. Uh, straight odds. Over and under is something usually those set by professional people saying, okay, this is a point spread that's being set like right. that, usually. So how do you do that with people playing a, like a fighting game against each other? How do you, how do, you do that? How do you set uh, – Odds or lines, basically. How do you do that? There has to be a way for that. Ian, I can bet on watching two people play. You know, Ryu versus Chun Li. How do I bet and, and know what's a good bet or not? Well, this would be a system that would help out with that. Well, we know that we know that this player's history maybe against this opponent or with this character is this, this wins and losses, and then it's an algorithm to do that. It's brilliant. It's also extremely uh, sketchy to do this now. Obviously, after you just bought like Evo, um, obviously if, if they put this in. Basically, I'm guessing they would put this in uh, 
if you're on your Sony PlayStation or have an online betting system or an app to do this where it's legal. Guessing it's um, probably like an app, yeah, something like that. Uh, but th- I mean, David talked about this now with sports forever. Now, like going to a sports game and having an app and being like, oh, I can now bet if this batter is going to strike out. Like this is something that's going to happen once it's legal in all like 50 states. They're going to have like, oh. It's built into me while I watch it, Ian. It's no longer, oh, I'm enjoying watching this esports events. I'm gambling as I go. And right. boy, is a lot of people going to do this. Like, are you kidding me? This, yeah. This is, a, this is a Pandora's box where, like, this is a lot of money, though, to be made. But a lot of people are going to lose money gambling, obviously. But that's what happens. You know, you got to be careful about this stuff. Um, the, the example said, like, data could, could be determined from either the current video game being played or a player's entire fighting game history, including win loss ratios and more. And That's li- what I imagine it would. And there's a little there's from. a little graph t- saying how it would happen. You access game analytics, past histories of teams, select individual player, determine odds for one or more proposition bets. Wow, prop bets on top. It'll probably be like, well, I think this guy will take. Usually they do like whatever three out of five games. He'll yeah. take one game. Maybe he'll only take one round in this one game. Right. That's a prop bet. It's not just betting on the, the total winner or loser. It's now we're betting on minutia inside of the event. He's going to throw in uh, 14 combos in this, in this game, or he'll do three specials. That's a prop bet. Like, this is minutia stuff that this algorithm will be able to probably tell you by tracking the game's history. It's cool. It's also extremely dangerous. Yeah, I think that there's... And then when I see something like, Oh, change the odds with time left. So when I see that, that becomes, oh, wow, I can still bet while the match is going, going on. on. <clears throat> well, maybe this guy's on the 10% of life. Now it's a you know 50 to one shot, he'll win, but I can still bet on it Yeah, in real time. That is scary stuff. That is scary shit. That's, that's, we want to milk this for every little cent and, 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 and get the dopamine drip from your brain directly as much as we can. Yeah. That's what that is. Because sports games don't usually allow that. A lot of sports stuff is like, no, you set your, your bet before the game. And that's before it. it starts, yeah. That's, that's it. it. It's set. You can't, you can't bet in the fourth quarter. Oh, it's going to be a comeback. As far as I know. I'm not on FanDuel or the other ones that are average. Yeah, I don't do any of that. Um, but, I mean, at least of the friends I know who do betting, none of that ever enters into it with, no. say, football, it's just basketball, etc. It's just set. Uh, the patent describes the ability for the system to uh, access certain game data to, to support betting. Uh for example, video may be searched. This is in quotes. This is from like the patent. Video may be searched to identify where in the video a virtual grenade has a possibility of killing one, two, or three characters, thus providing odds, odds for such a scenario. Oh, great. So now I'm watching a Counter-Strike game, and now there's odds for like you know, a, a, a grenade deaths and individual knifing in the back. You know, it's... Whoo! Sony, Sony, Sony. You, Sony. Very good, Sony. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so. There's always that point where the capitalism hits me to such a point where it goes beyond sleaze to like it's almost like art, where it's like wow, it's it's yeah. sleazy, but it, it's artistically evil. Yes, and that's how I kind of feel about this. Like you have to be a genius to think this stuff up and and, and to to implement this stuff. And they've been thinking about this for years. It's gonna look like pop up video. This is years. You're gonna be watching the shit just with the stats and yeah. everything popping up. Yeah. So, so the patent went in place 2019. This is almost a guaranteed bet. Oh, you lost that one. This one's almost a guaranteed bet. Nope. Mm-mm. Wow. And it's timed right after they buy Evo by months. Yeah. I don't believe in coincidences like this, Ian. I don't. Well, for a company like this, there this are isn't no a coincidence. This not, is a, this is not a clear a billion this is dollar clear company. cause and effect. This is yeah. clear A because of B. God, I want to go back. Can I read those those nice little pie in the sky Sony quotes after they bought Evo? Oh, this is important for the community. 
the community. And now it's we're thinking, well, why, Ian? Why would they show these other other games being played that they don't own? Well, they can still make money off of gambling. That's why they can do it. All capitalism aside, I'm happy that Evo is going to be able to keep going forward. It's got the money to keep going. Uh, I'm glad that it doesn't look like Sony is going to meddle with the, you wow. know, the choice of games. But yeah, the how do you think Nintendo? Wow. How do you think Nintendo is going to feel if if would if if Evo comes about and they're playing Smash and Nintendo now it's either okay, well Nintendo, we might have gambling on your games or you're not in a tournament. You're not Nintendo'll be like you fucking assholes because this is, this is this is coming down the pike. This is going to come down the pike. Yeah. Stuff like this, these sort of scenarios. Or you know, Nintendo has to set, accept like a cut in. Ooh, Nintendo, you're dirtying my Nintendo. That clean that clean <laughs> family, you know, family company. Uh. A survey earlier this year from Consumer Insights Group Interpret found that 52% of esports followers are likely to place bets on major esports tournaments. Oh, I think that's low, probably. 52%? I think that's low. You think so? I think once you get that bug, that's actually low. Sure. It's like it, Kino at the bar. It's, yeah, it's right there. Oh, okay. it's right there. Yeah. I will take a ticket with 4, 20, and 69. And Because uh, that person point. just won across there, even though everyone else lost. But that person won, so I can win. That's how it is. The house always wins. The betting house always, for the most part, wins. The house in Vegas always wins. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Just like Dogecoin. You might win. Other people are losing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say about it. It's fascinating. It is. But, I feel like it would be almost too tempting for me. But now, this article even touches on the on the on the fact that more and more matches are potentially being fixed. Well, and, and that's what I wanted to bring up. And I, 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 I feel like Evo at the very least would be very good about not having that. I would hope you would hope I would hope. Um, but that the thing is, it has nothing to do with the organizers. It, it, it's no. everything to do with each individual person who partakes in it. If, and if like I, we've talked about before with um, other esports, this is a, a young, um, these are young kids, a they lot of them for the most part. They don't have money, a lot of them. Uh, and you don't get you don't get the longevity out of your money like you do a sports career. There, there, there's yeah. there's incentives in a in a long sports career to keep you from ever wanting to do that. Yes, you have salary, you have endorsements, you have post career opportunities. Usually, tons of money to be made if you're even if you're an average player. And, in, yeah. in a sports league and fighting games, I, I, we're talking about fighting games, but it always I always think about Fortnite, um, especially when they talk about the reflexes and the fact that people who play Fortnite might have a couple of years. We also talk about how you could be great at a game, you could be the best at this game, but this game is only going to have a mainstream focus for three years. You don't. <clears throat> yeah, and, I'm not. And, I'm not saying I would, and I'm, I'd, I'd like to think a lot of yeah. people don't, but I'm just saying. You have a lot more vulnerable people in, yes. in, in, in these you, sorts of situations. And when you hear about some of these top players, it's like it's, it's almost like when you hear about tennis. Yeah, you have these smaller tournaments where some, but like most of the big tournaments are like won by like five people. Right. Like the top people usually come out on top for the most part because the skill levels, the skill levels, there is like a, like a step above. There are no below average or average people that end up in these tournaments and win it. Like, there's no, like, one-off things like, oh, this person usually stinks, but now they're great. Sports, you get that, like, one in a million thing that happens every once in a while, or, or like, someone who's ranked 50th beats a number one person. Sure. But it's extremely rare. And But, like, you can't make a career off of that long-term 
being an esports player, you got to be the best. You got to be the best. Yeah. It's, it's it's not like sports where yeah you have a team that shit that gets kicked around and those guys still make millions of dollars. That doesn't happen here. So again, Pandora's box, Pandora's box, because now it's even be more apparent. Well, well, wow, how come this player didn't play up? To their standards, or maybe they even "quote unquote" point shaved, and now maybe they maybe they w- w- usually would have won Ian three straight games out of five. Maybe they throw one of those games knowing they're still going to win, because that happens a lot in sports too. It's called point shaving. Yep. It's like, well, instead of winning by ten points, well, we're going to win, win by, by seven. By, yeah. Because now a lot of people made a lot of money. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm technically still winning. So like, this is this is really really. I can't tell you how bad this is for something that already for for. For a whatever you want to call it, a sport, for a hobby that already has people like me and others pointing out, wow, this might be might not be legit a lot of times because we're seeing more and more cases of this happening where people are getting potentially prosecuted or, or getting in trouble for throwing games. So when you like, also talk about odds being changed as games go on and prop bets. You know, there you can't. Yeah, you could. You know, fighting games could have have point shaving. You could have. Well, I'm going to still win, but I'm going to win with this move, or I'm going to win with this sort of attack, or I'll wait for my health to go down to this amount. You know, right. like it, the integrity gets thrown out the window. Or instead of sweeping it, I'm going to take it and I'm, I'm going to lose this round. Yeah, yeah. So, they said, yeah. So, oh, so, so he's like, oh, I'm up two games and none. I can give up a round, and that's a prop bet now. Now a lot of people made a ton of money thinking, oh, this player never was going to win a round. Wow, he won a round. All these people made this money. It was ten to one odds or whatever. That can happen. It will happen. It will. I want to clarify that I'm not trying to say that I, I think esports players, or certainly not saying this about like FGC, like tournament fighters. I don't think that they're uh, morally loose people who are no. going to do this. I'm just saying it will the, eventually the, happen. It's, it's a breeding ground for this sort of thing. If it happened with college players, if it happened with professionals here and there who who make money, it, it can happen like easily. I'm just saying it will happen. It's, it's already happened in, in esports. So, like, why oh, wouldn't no, it happen yeah, more? It, we're not talking about uh, something that's going to happen in the future. I, I don't know of it happening with fighting games, but we've already uh, seen it with esports in general. Yeah, it's just gonna. It just it just makes it. You can say it's a breeding breeding ground. It may become worse, and I think it will become worse. It's a petri dish of possibilities, but no pan rabbit. No pan rabbit. All right, moving on, Ian. Gonna have some pan rabbit. Ian, I've been talking for years about cereal, how I gave it up because it was unhealthy, it weighed you down, too much sugar, it's just not not that great for you. I love that stuff, but there's like no nutritional value to it at all. No. Thankfully now, there is a healthy, yummy alternative. It's called Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon is delicious, it's nutritious, and now I am eating cereal again for the first time in years. So Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. There's only 140 calories in each serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And it comes in all the different flavors that you'd want it to come into. You've got a fruit-flavored cereal. You've got cocoa. You've got peanut butter. They do cinnamon. They do a frosted. Oh, my God. And I got to say, this stuff is fantastic. My biggest concern with any sort of low-carb, keto-friendly snack is that it's going to taste cloyingly sweet with whatever uh, sweeteners they choose. This stuff is real light, real tasty. Natural flavors. No artificial colors or or sweeteners. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I really can't stress enough how good it is. And... I don't even like fruit-flavored cereal, but that might actually be my favorite flavor of this. 
Right now, you can go to magicspoon.com slash podcast to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code podcast at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash podcast and use the code podcast to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Hi, everyone. If you want to feel old, the PS2, GameCube, and Game Boy Advance are all officially retro now, it seems. And OG uh, Xbox. And yeah, OG Xbox would be as well. So this comes from Kotaku, and it's not from them directly. It's in relation to uh, Game Center DX, which is not a show that I've watched a lot of, but I have watched oh. some. It's fairly popular. Have you ever watched any of it? I used to post clips to thepunkeffect.com. Yeah, it's it's amusing. I, I haven't, watched, like I said, I haven't watched a ton, but I've watched a bit. And um, Game Master Arena has a rule. He's like the host of the show who plays all the games. That apparently if a game or system is uh, over 20 years old, um, it becomes retro. And all of those are officially uh, over 20 years old. When they first came out. Yeah. Um, so 2001 is a, a big year for a lot of these. GameCube. So th- Game Boy, you know, advances around there, Xbox, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure which one would have crossed that finish line last, but I think that's why they're announcing, I think, you know, basically everything that's within that generation has officially hit the, uh, yeah, Xbox, Xbox would have been. Xbox is November. Xbox was uh, 20th. Yeah, it's going to be this November. This November, okay. Yeah. So, um, it's funny because Pat and I have talked about this before, and I I think Pat's thoughts on it have evolved, or maybe I'm misremembering them, but. I remember you thinking there wasn't really going to be a time where PS2 was thought of as retro or perhaps not collected in the same way as other retro games. And I do think that they're not going to be collected in the same way, but it's just whatever anyone grows up with. And my thinking has always been it becomes retro when these people uh, become the age where they have the money to rebuy their youth. I think that's a solid indicator. Sure. And that's usually around, you know, anywhere between 18 and 25 years of age. So November's, I, November's GameCube as well. Oh, 20. okay. It's both. Wow, it's both in the same month. November 2001? Yeah. Huh, okay. Sept- oh, September for Japan, November for US. Okay. Uh, GameCube was a system I bought at launch. Crazy. I forgot. I always forget that. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. The, the The idea of retro just becomes more and more all-encompassing. And I think at some point we will need to, you know, specify a little bit clearly, uh, a little bit more clearly about what generations we're talking about when we say retro games. Um, for a long time, people thought of it to mean 2D sprite-based graphics, stuff like the NES, the Atari, the Super Nintendo. Um, but it's quickly becoming, it's quickly encompassing uh, not just 3D games, but 3D games that actually started to look decent. I mean, when you talk about the 64 and the PlayStation 1, nothing, you know, it, those those games were not exactly the pinnacle of 3D. They were still feeling it out, um, you know, figuring out how to make things look reasonable with limited resources. Um, but once you hit the PS2, god damn it! Once you hit the PS2, the Xbox, and the GameCube, you start to see things that look more realistic. Sure. And I, that's just you know I mean, I'm not saying that's here nor there, but that's kind of a mind fuck to me because when I think of retro, I do I think of short, squatty little sprites running around on a screen. I don't think of you know um, 
trying to think of some of the really nice looking games from that era, but like I don't I certainly don't think Shadow of the Colossus when I think of a retro game. Sure. So you think you said my thinking has evolved on this? I think your thinking has evolved on it because I mean you seem willing to accept that the, these are retro games. Have I? I don't know. Ian? I don't know. I mean, you could argue against it. They're retro. Silly. They're retro to those specific people, maybe or Arena, the happy-go-lucky host who puts himself through hell to play these games. I'm a little more cynical, Ian. I think he's just running out of games to play. Now this opens up an entire new library of stuff to play. Here, <laughs> here's the thing, Ian. We talked about properly calling these, you know, vintage gaming versus retro. We decided it's really vintage gaming when you're playing something older. Yes, that's what it really is. Because retro can mean retro look. So now we're getting into just, just time based. We're just basing this on time. So you're going to tell me that based upon this schedule, of, oh, it came out 20 years ago, that in 2040, the PS5 is going to be considered retro versus what it looks like 20 years from now. You're telling me just, just based upon that alone. Um, and when I, when, I, when, I, when I think about something based upon just about how it potentially looks at the time, uh, I, I, I get uncomfortable because at some point it bleeds into it so much that you can't differentiate. You have to differentiate by some other qualifier, at least to me. I, I don't think you can just use time alone. It has to be either an aesthetic or a technology base. That's how I, I myself look at it. Who the hell's calling me? Frank's calling me. I put him on the air. It's probably illegal. I'm I, so sorry, everyone. I have to tell him that he's on the phone. There's a, there's a two-way calling thing in California. But anyway, so um, I like to, to go back to technology. That's how I define it. I define it by tech. I like the cutoff to be the, ar- the, the arcade scene in Dreamcast. That's how I like it. But I can see that's, the ar- That's how I like it. But I can see the argument for some of these. I can see the argument um, maybe for PS2 because the jump up from PS1 to PS2 was significant. Um, decent uh, jump up. Uh, probably larger for PS2 to PS3. Um, Game Boy Advance. Um, that's that's a little bit tougher for me, but I, I could kind of see it. But I, I almost would like to... I, I almost would, would see it more as 20 years after the console ends, uh, or the console ends versus the beginning of it. Because some of these consoles have 10-year lifespans. Sure. PS2 only ended 10 years ago, technically, like 2010, 2011, the last game came out. That to me is not not enough time uh, for it to be considered uh, retro to me, but I'm not going to kill Arino uh, for his designation when it comes to this. I'm not. But now, though, if you're telling me the Nintendo Switch is going to be considered, uh, you know, retro in 2000. 37 just because uh, I don't know I can't picture Nintendo games I, I said this probably before like I can't picture them looking that much greater than, than, than now I don't think like something like Nintendo is going to ever be like oh we're going to have photorealistic Zelda coming your way no they're always going to have the Nintendo aesthetic. No, I don't think there's going to be you know? a, ever there's ever going to be a photorealistic Zelda either because that's just not the style yeah uh, so I think at some point design plays into this and that, that yes. was my, that was and this is a whole different topic, but that was always my major problem with a lot of triple A games um, and, and, you know, the, the big releases on like the PlayStation 4, the Xbox one. There was such a rush for photorealism that design was just fucking flushed down the toilet for so many of these games. Sure. sure it looks very realistic, but does it look good? Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on aesthetic and tech as how I design define retro. That's the way I'm gonna do it. I mean, you say, "Hey, Pat, you're being cheap." Okay, I'm being cheap. That's how that's how I like to define it when it comes to it. I I just don't I don't picture some of this being uh, retro, but I can see the argument. Uh, FIFA 14 was actually the last PS2 game in North America. That was 2013. 
I'm guessing so, yeah. But by the, by that point, they, were, they probably did a handful of titles a year, though, but yeah. No, but yeah, I'm just saying, technically, the last one was Pro Evolution Soccer 2014 in Europe, FIFA 14 in North America. Wow. I had a 13-year run, the PS2. That's amazing. Because that was 2000. It's insane. Right? Yeah, 2000 in Japan. Uh, my God. Yeah, that's not retro. Sorry. I, I, I mean, to me, it's not. Give it another 10 years or so. I don't know. I just, uh, I don't see it. You're going to tell me, you're going to tell me, Ian, and, and that the, the, the PS3 is going to be retro in six years? Patrick, I'm not going to tell you anything. You're going to tell me, you're going to tell me that with, with your, with your pan rabbit and your scrapple. It's not my place. Or in my mouth. But no, I get it. I get it. But at some point, I think, I think the so retro this thing. is, this is hilarious. I just have to point this out. I, 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 because we were talking about this, I decided I pulled up an article uh, the last ten games to come out on the PS2. Okay, this would be funny. It's all see. it's like last. all soccer. Pro Evolution Soccer 2012, uh, Shin Kohime Muso. So the uh, there's an anime fighting game. Uh, Major League Baseball 2K12, Pro Evolution Soccer 2013, FIFA 13, Street Cricket Champions 2, Street Cricket like Street Tennis, Street Cricket. Oh, I want Street Cricket. <laughs> uh, Don 2, The King is Back. <laughs> Final Fantasy XI, some sort of expansion. Uh, FIFA 14 Legacy Edition, Prevolution Soccer 2014. Yep. That the, was the, the, the baseball game looks pretty damn good. November 8th, yeah. 2013 was when Pro Evolution Soccer 2014 came out. That was officially the November year. 2013? November 8th, 2013. So eight years. Nah, that sounds retro to me. Uh, it makes sense to keep putting those games out, though, because you're thinking about, wow, we sold like 100 million of these things. Over 100, was it 120, 30 million? What the fuck did they sell? 150? They're all over the world. Most of the world likes soccer. Yeah. And they, they can't afford a PS3, but they got their old PlayStations laying around. Yeah. We're going to pump out these games still. They're, we're going to sell a ton of them. That, that makes perfect sense to do that in South America. Well, and, what they, well yeah. and it's easy for them to do the sports games because all they do is they just take the yeah, last, it. like, very stable engine they had and they, they literally just add new just roster updates. Just new rosters. The game is, the gameplay is exact. Sometimes even the menus are exactly the same. Oh, wow. They just, they just change the year on it and they change <laughs> the roster. Um, FIFA has started calling it the Legacy Edition. Uh, might have been this might have been one of the first years. Um, like all the FIFAs that are on the Nintendo Switch right now are Legacy Editions. I think they're running off of like the twenty, probably like the twenty seventeen FIFA engine so that was on that the Switch. This and is a cheap upgrade. This is about yeah. as much as we can do. Yeah, and they they say it right on the front now. They're like it's literally just kits, and uh, they update the uniforms and they update the players. But you're not getting new gameplay features. or no, you're not getting any of that They either shit. put new audio in, but that's about it. You're not getting... I'd be surprised new, if they well, did that. You announce your names. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, if they can fit it. All right, so that's that's it. You can kill me. You can you can, uh, you can can kill me in the comments about Pat's retro, retro opinions about what it constitutes retro games or not. His retro opinions. Ret, retro opinions? Retro opinions. Retro opinions. Right, what else we got going on? I don't know. We got a Patreon. We do have a Patreon, Ian? Yeah, we do. How do you access that, Ian? Patreon.com slash CE Podcast. Get the full video podcast. Uh, Magic Spoon uh, ad and all. Excuse me. Jeez Louise. Uh, full video podcast. Magic Spoon ad and all. Use uh, code CU Podcast to save five bucks on Magic Spoon. The best, the best <laughs> cereal right. man ever created. We love it dearly. Uh, I do writing once a week, which I need to do. Today. Behind you on said that. yesterday you're going to do it. Yeah, I'm behind uh um, his weekly hangout not weekly hangout did monthly that hangout. last week that was great monthly hangout yeah. not weekly monthly hangout was wonderful this week it was wonderful but we have a weekly we have a weekly poll topic weekly poll topics and uh it's a landslide it's mondale uh reagan uh in second place 
20%, at what point of price increase or life change would you definitely sell your game collection? I think that's a, that's a fine option. Don't feel ashamed. Don't, don't feel the peer pressure, the Patreon peer pressure. I see, the, I see you guys comment on the Patreon. Don't, don't you peer pressure people thinking it's a bad choice. It's a bad choice to you, not to the 20% that voted on it. That's the 20%. Uh, and then in first place, 80%, it's, it's directed towards my, my, my better half. Has Ian regretted tossing any cool stuff into the free bin at the game store? So I actually don't... Take it away, Ian. I don't regret throwing away any cool stuff. Oh, like, okay, I, I don't... I, well, no, hold on. Like, I don't <laughs> regret getting rid of the stuff. So this question was, was uh, asked by uh, a person on Twitter... And the example that they wanted to use was the Halo 3 uh, helmet that uh, there was like a, I can't remember exactly which edition it was, but the legacy edition or the, like there was a a collector's edition of Halo 3 that came in a big helmet. Basically you slid the top, the helmet off and there was like a a plastic case in the center that you slid like the game discs and all that into. Um, We used to have, yeah, we used to have one on display at the store uh, but they would come in all the time. People would try to get like a ton of money for them or they would want a ton of money for them. They thought that it was something, you know, very neat, and popular, uh, but they were everywhere for a while. And we put tons of these into the free bin over. So these would be traded in. Yeah, they'd be traded in. Uh, they they get rid of the game. Generally, they would come in with it. bigger trade ins, like bigger okay. trade ins. The people who trade in like a big amount all at once are generally the people who are getting out of collecting. Um and they usually tend to have been very intense about their collecting. That's where we usually see all of these like special editions come in. The, the the people, everything's a special edition. Yeah, the people think they need to get like you know the big Red Dead Redemption I, chest with the cards and I stuff. And, and, and the thing with this stuff is, is it's always brought in and it's never opened or used. It's not like anyone ever enjoyed any of this shit. They just want to spend a hundred bucks on the special edition or hundred twenty, but they're not. They're just, they're just using the sixty dollar game. Right, but they yeah. feel like they need the special edition with all this tchotchke and shit. That's and how they get you. They yeah. never, they never open it or do anything with it. The card packs are always sealed. Um, I don't like like the playing card packs. They're always sealed. I, I, I feel like people, people buy these, uh, like they're going to flip them later for money, and then they try like three places to get rid of it at and everyone laughs at them and says no we don't want this have you experienced that like they actually said i deserve more money because it's a collector's edition i've had people try to sell them for more money yes were they worth money at the time they tried to no, no they they're, they're never worth anything they sell a billion of Be- them because they're not they're limited produced they're not limited they're produced to fill whatever that pre-order is sure because it's something you can pre-order it's not like a limited run thing where they're like we made five thousand of this collector's edition get it sure no, this is, you can pre-order the special collector's edition right next to the sort of collector's edition right next to the normal edition. And there's always three editions. And, and those, and there's those, always three. And those pre-orders are up for months. It's not right. like they just stop making them. So they always produce them to the, for the amount of people who want them. And these are popular games that they do. These These are games that sell millions of copies. You're not going to buy yeah. these sorts of collector's editions generally and then years later find someone who absolutely needs it. It, it was sold for you. To you. You were the target market. No one else. Um, but much in this past year, apparently some of those have gone for much higher than they were once worth, like everything else did during the pandemic. Uh, so the Halo 3 helmet that he brought up as an example uh, is apparently going for $250. Halo now. 3 is on an Xbox. Halo 3, yeah, of course, is. Xbox. Halo 3 collectors. Just Halo helmet. 3 helmet. 
Okay. Halo 3 collector's helmet, whatever. He said it was going for over 250 Really? Because it's, it's going for 80 bucks. Okay. Legendary edition. Yeah. 80 or best offer. With the helmet? With the helmet. Yeah. That's still more than it should be going for. But that's certainly not $250, Mr. Billingsley. Uh, Peter Billingsley came in? Ralphie from, yeah. from the Christmas story? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, I think he lied. He was trying to get you. It's 80 bucks. Which is still helmet. which is still more. I mean, is it actually selling? I don't know, Ian. Hit but, the sold listings. Uh, yes. Oh, yes, sir. I'm, okay. $55, $75, yeah. 75 Now, oh, here, oh, here's one that has everything with it for $79. Okay, maybe, maybe sealed... Two hundred eighty dollars sealed for the set, the black box. Set. Yeah, black no, that's box. that's totally different. But it's a hundred bucks. <laughs> that's, that's it's totally it's a hundred dollar item. Ian, sorry. Um, so even if this is worth more now, uh, even if well, what does it cost when it came out? Probably over a hundred dollars. I'm just saying it. it was worth less for okay. a long time. You not worth it, not you, worthless. One word worth space less. It was worthless money, but it was also worthless at one point. Oh, it was actually worthless. It was worth zero. The helmet was <laughs> okay. worth nothing. You you couldn't do anything with the helmet. You couldn't even wear it. We would put them in the bin and they'd sit there for a while. So what I'm getting at is even if this was going for $250, even if, uh, I don't know, look up the Call of Duty okay. um, remote control car. Look up the Call of Duty night vision. The one I had in my trunk, the Call of Duty car I took from your free bin? That's yes. All the, it's all, only, the only things I took from the free bin ever yes. was the remote control Call of Duty 2 car. Call of Duty remote car? Remote car. Um. Nice. Fifteen dollars. Nice. So even if <laughs> forty this, bucks, okay. even if this stuff was worth more, um That was a black ops car, excuse me, the remote control with the spy camera. No, I would not feel bad about it. We know when we put stuff into the freebin that everything has a potential value to someone somewhere. It cost. We have when we get um strategy guides in. A lot of the times when we get strategy guides, we put them in the free bin. We will pull out the obvious ones that go for Pokemon. You'll pull out. We'll pull out the Pokemon ones. Nintendo first party ones that are worth money. Right. We pull that stuff out, but we put a lot of stuff in there, including RPGs, Fallout guides, stuff that people are always like, oh, well, you know, I've I've had people ask similar questions. Oh, I saw that guide that you were giving away for free was worth like 40 bucks online. Do you get why do you guys put it in there? At some point, it's a calculated analysis cost. We don't want we don't care the amount of effort and time we would have to put into listing and dealing with online sales. is just something that the owner doesn't want to deal with. He hates sure. selling on eBay. It's, it's time. It's t- the time that puts into it. Plus, you're, you're out 15 percent of what you make anyway. And plus back and forth shipping returns. It's just a pain in the ass. Right. So why not Scan- just put people that can fraudulently stuff- say they didn't get something? Yeah. So put it in the bin, spread a little goodwill. And if someone's really trying to make money off of the stuff we're giving away for free, fine. You don't care. I, we don't care. I, we've put. I didn't sell the Call of Duty car, by the way. I just didn't. I, don't, I never used it. So um, better. People will uh, bring in PC uh, games and they'll leave them and we'll throw entire PC games into that into that box some of them probably worth 30 40 50 bucks i've given away complete copies of x-wing before you gave it away gave it away gave it away yeah then at some point it's just you gave away copies of xbox the collector cd or the one in the box x-wing no it was just the cd i'm sorry you got any box pc games not tell me we're gonna throw down i I gave away a copy of phantasmagoria last week what the fuck in the box yes the box was absolutely destroyed oh so but it was in the box. You didn't tell me anything out there, people. Because it's work. Because <clears throat> I'm working. 
doesn't, well, he doesn't love me. I, I provide a magic spoon. He doesn't love me. Anyways, I've spelled this enough. Uh, long story short, no, I don't. If we ever gave away something that turned out to truly be worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars, I might be sad. But even going back to this uh, Halo helmet, if it was worth $250 now, I gave away those helmets 10 years ago. There's no reason to lug around 10 helmets so I can make $2,000. I'm not questioning the business of Luna Video Games 2 locations. What if you had a free bin and a cheap bin? What if you just had stickers saying, oh, this is We already have a cheap bin. But put the Halo helmet, five bucks. Someone will just buy it for five bucks just to buy it. No. They wouldn't buy it for five bucks? They might, but we don't care. Okay. I do a cheap bin. I do like an under $5 bin and, and a free bin. And obviously you have stickers on it so you don't take the stickers off. That's what I would do. That's how Pat would run a shop. Cheapy bin. Cheapy bin. And put a little cheap cheap on him from, from Super Mario Brothers. That's how I do it. Move cheap. on, Patrick. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I think, I think um, this is a good lesson, though, how things end up in... Uh, in uh, landfills, all this collector's edition, all this plastic shit that like might be good in theory. I talked about how like I go to the swap meet and like you see like oh there's the cool Joker statue that came with Arkham you know Arkham Asylum or one of one of the Arkham games, right? Oh, it looks gorgeous. Oh, they try to get you to buy. Oh, I only want twenty five thirty bucks for that. Yeah, now I'm the idiot. If it's so cool, why don't you keep it and put it somewhere? You're trying to sell it to me. Right. Where am I going to put this awesome looking statue? I'm going to put it on a pedestal somewhere. You know, like, like you have to have set up space for this. And space is at a premium in some locations. If you don't have a basement, a basement adds, oh, basement, you can do whatever you want. Oh, I got a basement. People take for granted. Basements, all, basically, you're doubling the square footage of your house without it legally being doubled. Um, and you can't do it. But like a lot of people don't have a space to put all these, these huge things. That's coming from me, who doesn't have space to put all these huge things that I collected forever. I still have, half my stuff is still packed up from the move. About half. About half. I know. By volume. I know. It's a judgy tone. Look at that judgy tone, Ian. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> I know. Moving on. All right, we're going to move on now. <laughs> All right, we have, uh, we have voicemails you can listen to. You go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast, and you can leave us a short message if you can. You know, just, you know, be like, hey, hey, I'm, I'm John from Pork Roll USA. Pork and, Roll USA. And, and here's a question about Taylor Ham. Like, that's that's all you got to do. All right. The first one here uh, is from uh, Ray Lynn. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Ray Lynn from Canada. I just had two quick questions, one for Pat and Ian and one for just Pat. For Pat and Ian, is it necessary to put your games inside little plastic containers if they're loose i keep all my n64 games inside a box and didn't know if i need to invest in plastic protectors and for just pat alone why aren't you using an n64 flash cart for a certain nintendo 64 guidebook instead of emulation thanks for the podcast all right we'll do your okay so do you need to put stuff in plastic protectors you don't necessarily need to do it if it's if it's safe in a box somewhere and you're not jostling around you don't have to yeah i don't well I, I I typically did not. I used to just keep my, like, for instance, my Game Boy games. I used to just keep them all loose in a big, like, lunchbox. Eventually, I uh, I alphabetized them. But I generally don't worry about it. I Because of working at the store, I think, um, anytime I cut, touch, touch, anytime I touch a cartridge, anytime... <laughs> We've been doing that this episode. Yeah, anytime I touch a cartridge... Uh, I grab I, I like I just instinctively grab a Q tip and clean it. 
because that's just what I do. I always clean my cartridges. So I don't see the need to put like them in like the plastic protectors. I don't use boots. I didn't use sleeves really with my NES games. I know that's probably sacrilege to some people, but I just never saw the fucking point. They're nice to have. They look cute. The little Nintendo sleeves. They're, they're adorable. Remember I bought a ton from Treg? Yes. And bought too many and I sold a bunch because I, I was trying to get, I was trying, at one point I wanted a sleeve for every NES cartridge. So I said, all right, Treg, I'll buy like, how, what do you got? He's like, I got 250, 300. I bought them all. And I was like, oh shit, I, just, I bought like 150 too much. <laughs> but then I ended up selling them eventually. Um, I like conventions and stuff. That's so cal. Uh, second question. Oh, why am, why am I, uh, why are we using emulators? Because there's like 20 different writers, first of all. So then it comes down to, okay, you got to get a flash cartridge with every writer. You got to make sure they have the hardware. How do you capture it using a flash card? You have to have uh, a computer and software to do that. Now, once you capture the video, you got to go through that. Now you got to pick up pictures in the video. So you're basically quadrupling the amount of work being done uh, if you're going to capture on real hardware. It's just, it just doesn't make any sense. If it was one person doing the project or two, yes. But it's, it would be, it's untenable for a project of, of this size and magnitude. You can't do it. You can't do it. And the screenshots for 90, 95% of the games are going to look like the N64. You won't tell the difference. So like, it, it, it's not going to matter because uh, we're, using, we're using the closest look to the N64 hardware on the emulator that we can get for almost all the games. We're, getting, we're doing as best we can. Trust me. I, I thought about this more than you, sir. Trust me. Uh, when it comes to this, I want as closest accuracy as I can get. In Ray Lynn sounds like a female name. Just going to point that out. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. Did you know Ray Lynn? I'm Ray Lynn. You look I'm, like a Jackson. You look like a Jackson. <laughs> okay. Uh, next, Dan. Hey, Dan. Ian. This is Dan from New Jersey. Just was wondering Jersey! if you could erase any game from your memory so it would be like you were playing it for the first time again. What game would that be? Thanks. If you could Ooh. erase any game from memory, that's not a bad question. But not in like a negative way so that I could experience. No. Don't say Doom 2. No, I'm not. Uh, Killer 7. Absolutely Killer 7. Oh. That's that's easy. I I, I yeah. I would I would this, love to experience Killer Seven for the first time. This is an interesting question because it's not just like what's a good game. What like sort of like like altered your reality when you first saw it? That's why I sort of interpret it. Like what game actually sort of like made me look at games a little bit differently? Up the pork roll, Dan. By the way, in Jersey, um, what game? What was a game that I first saw like really took threw me for a loop? Probably had to be something when you were younger, where you're like, wow, I didn't expect to see that. You're right. At the time, it might even be something like the first time I saw Operation Wolf, something that like was radically different. Really? Where it's like, oh, seeing someone with a, with an Uzi looking gun like shooting, like that's like, I think I didn't see that before. I thought that's like totally different from something else. Then again, there was a shooting gallery. Uh, rest in peace, the Seaside Park old shooting gallery game where you shot with a light gun. Uh, maybe that's not the not, not the right one. Um, Maybe it's like a, the first time I saw like a racing game, like a sit down racing game. I'm trying to remember like that would have like blew my mind. Like, like Spy Hunter. Like, the reason I love Spy Hunter so much is that they had the sit down Spy Hunter at at um at Spaceport. They had the sit down one, and that blew my mind. Like wow, you're sitting down in something, it's all around you, and you you got a pedal and a, and, a, and and you know and a brake and buttons and stuff. And I don't know, maybe I'm being stupid, but that that probably is something I, I like to erase from my memory and go back to and experience, experience again. I was like four years old or five, but it's, yeah. It's interesting to put it that way. I yeah. also immediately thought of like, you know, just like the story-based games that I really liked as an adult. Oh, to, but, to experience the stories Sorry again, again to yeah. experience the stories again. But question. I, I would love to like, I would love to know what my reaction was and how do you experience... 
I guess it, I guess it's a it's a it's a what if question. You don't need to worry about the particulars. Something like Star Wars Arcade. I knew you were going to say that. Something like Star Wars. I Arcade. knew you were going to say that for some reason because that's like a good one. That's like a. It's. Yeah. I mean, because I, I remember playing it with my dad when I was younger. We'd go to the arcade, and it yeah. was the sit-down one, and he taught me how to play. I remember being like four or five years old. It's one of my earliest memories, but I don't remember like my you know initial reaction. Sure, but I'm sure Imagine it, was, it would be. Like, oh my god! I'm, I'm assuming it was probably Death a star. holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, you know that yeah. would be really. That's cool. a great question, Dan. As time goes on, that's like my favorite piece of Star Wars anything. Just give me the arcade game. It's, it's pure. <laughs> yes. It's pure and simple. It gets a job across. <laughs> yeah, it really makes it gets the point across. Absolutely. And that Return of the Jedi game stinks in the arcade. Hey, Pat and Ian. It's uh, Leo from Los Angeles. Big fan of the show. Hey, Leo. I just wanted to know, has there ever been a game that you've always wanted to play but don't because of a language barrier? Say, a game that was only released in Japan. All right. Thanks a lot. Half of the Mahjong games probably for Ian. No. I can get through those without a language barrier, without without knowing Some Japanese. of the N64 have, like, stories to them we're discovering. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do. Like, it would be nice to oh. understand that. But, no, uh, one game I've always wanted to play that I've never been able to because of the language barrier would be uh, Sega Gaga, which was a, Sega Gaga. Which was a RPG um, on the Dreamcast that never made it over here that was basically about running Sega. Like what? Uh, it was basically about running an alternate Sega, and you ran a game company, and you fought monsters and stuff like that. That sounds amazing. It, it always sounded really fun. I've heard it's. I've, you fought monsters. What do you have? Like a I mech? think it was like monsters and stuff. But like it was, it was a very weird out there game. And by Sega, by Sega, it was by Sega. It was an official game. It's all one word: Sega Gaga. And I think I've heard from all people who have played it that it's Sega not actually Gaga. all that great. But um, yeah, I was always. It is very, all one. 2001 role playing game. Yeah, and it brings uh, it brings in like all sorts of characters that were popular at the time. Um, you fight the Sama de Amigo. You fight, yeah, monkey. you fight characters from like Sega's history. I, it just wow. Just, it looks. It's got like some visual novel aspects to no it. No translation out there for it. No like ISO translation. Honestly, there might be at this point, but that's just like the example that always pops to my head. I remember seeing that game in a magazine, being like, "I want to play this," and we're never going to see it. Oh. Uh, I'll bring up. I'll pump. I'll pump the N sixty four book more. Uh, this game called Custom Robo looks really, really fun, and um, it's a, it's like it's a it's an arena fighter with 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 a robot, but there's like story elements or RPG stuff in it. I'm like, and I, why did Nintendo never have that come out here? I have no idea why they didn't. Yeah, but was it that. a late release? I wondered because they put um, it on the GameCube. Yeah, like they. Sh- but w- that's one of those things we talk about Nintendo. Why why do you sleep on these properties that would still be a, a little hit? You know, like Custom Robo comes out, I'll play that before Arms. Yeah, I'd rather play that game. To be personally, like, that's the fighting game I want Nintendo to make, like that. So anyway, yeah, we're going to do Arms. We're going to do Arms, and that was like a wet fart to a lot of people. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so what's next here? Hi, Pat and Ian. I'm Giles Goddard, programmer of 1080 snowboarding and some other stuff. I'm also the CEO of Chiohei Labs in Kyoto, Japan. My question is, do you want to be in one of our future games? Wow. Well, first of all, you're royalty. Uh, you, you worked on N64 games. Worked for Nintendo. You're Nintendo, basically second party or in Wowzers. Yeah, 1080 is an awesome game. Uh, yes, uh, would love to be. Yes, would love to be. Yes, <laughs> yes. That would that's, be. That's. Thank that would, you. That would be lovely. Yes, thank you. Yeah, wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, yeah, that was internal project. Uh, 1080. Yep. 
Thank, thank you so much. And they're putting out that new snowboarding game that looks really fucking. Oh, cool well, there too. you go. You there's get the VR, There's a VR snowboarding game they're doing for uh, Oculus Quest. We're just talking about how devs listen to the show, and you know, there you go. <laughs> We're not making it up. Hey, Pat and Ian. Uh, this is Mark from Chuai Labs. Hi, Mark. Japan. And my question is: Have you ever thought of selling all of your shit and just moving over to Japan? Are you trying to recruit us, Mark, to work for the company? Like, what's happening here? Uh, potentially. I know, you, I know you got you know you got you got you got Kinsey to come out there, right? Or, uh, or... Yeah, it's possible. You know, I I, I could be. Do you want me to work to for the company, uh, Mark? You are. San Diego is expensive. Can and I? Can I just? Its luster. Can I just? Um, can I sell some of my stuff? But can I keep some stuff and put in storage? Is that is that possible? And move out there? I'm not sure that it was an all or nothing. Okay. I just want to make sure. But I do. I was going to visit Japan last year. I swear to God, I was going to before the pandemic. Oh, Vani and I were too. I was. Oh, we're doing were? it very soon. I think we're going to do it soon. Can I get in on that? Can I, can I come aboard? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see if we can pack you in our suitcase. Okay. Put me in the overhead luggage. Thank Still you, love so- to do music stuff with you someday too, Mark. Hey, Pat. This is Matt in Salisbury, Maryland. You want to make some money, right? Hear me out real quick. How about NFTs of your feed picks? Because, you know, you already got a market for them. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Talk about my, the cam, that weird cameo request. Was he rec- was, 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 that, was, was that message from a dungeon? Because there was like a weird echo. There was Some little... Maryland dungeon? What's up, honey? And DJ here from Dundee, Scotland. Birthplace of Grand Theft Auto. Oh. Um, just looking for some game recommendations, but lesser-known titles that most people wouldn't have heard of that you guys really enjoy playing. Thanks. Love the podcast. You're you Scottish, Ian. You can answer this. Uh, I would recommend a game called Caldecept that I have not played in a long Cold time. Caldecept? Caldecept. That I have not played Cold in a long time. Caldecept. Caldecept. C-U-L-D-E-C-P. Yes. Uh, it's like a card it's like magic meets monopoly um and it's a game that i've definitely wanted to play more of i played the 360 version there's a 3ds version and a ps2 version but it's a really neat idea what other completely weird out there games uh, i can't find this game try uh ribbit king ribbit king is also very fun if you cool. can find that for for cheap is it called deceit d-e-c-e-i-t no called decept like cult sack C U L C E C E P T. Oh, it is like cultist. Okay, I can't find it. Sorry. Um, but I also really want to recommend Ribbit King, uh, which is frolf, uh, frog golf. Uh, you ever go to like the uh, you know the pier or the little lawn fates, and they have those rubber frogs that you have to hit the thing with the mallet, and it makes the. Frog Are you asking jump me if I bog? know what this is? Do you know what this is? Are you fucking serious? Well, Ian? It's a golf game I've that lets about... you do that. Okay, I hope that was being uh, that was being hypothetical because I've talked about that. I'm just times making sure you're you're busy trying to spell Coldcept wrong. First of all, it's Coldcept. There's no e. It's not Colda. It's C U L D C E P T. You said Coldcept. Oh well, not Coldcept. End of the world. Talking about someone they used to try to try to try to drag into spelling bees when I was in grade school, Ian, and I was too too afraid. Jesus, like I stage fright. You know, I would have fucking won those in fifth grade. Damn it. Then one was on my birthday, and I started crying. Then I couldn't even do it. Jeez, Sorry, man. what? I don't know. I think that's the end of the question. Sorry, going on. Um, <laughs> uh, what's next here? Uh, here we go. Hey, Ian. Patrick. This is Tarek. My question is a two-parter. First part for Ian. 
with the discontinuation of PS3, Vita, and PSP stores, have you seen a major uptick in customers coming in to pick up these games? The second part is for both of you. We'll just stop there. Okay, first question. First part. Uh, so this is obviously you're, from before you're, you're they before they uh, went back on this. So uh, would I have seen? I would have definitely seen an uptick in prices and interest in physical uh, Vita games. Absolutely, had they gone forward with taking the store down. Um, PSP games that was mostly physical. Those were mostly physical games that they sold. So, no, I don't think there would have been an insane increase in people trying to find those because most people have always bought PSP games physically. With the discontinuation, I've seen PS3 games prices for on the secondhand market shoot up crazy in value. Do you think these prices will maintain or do you think the bubble will quickly pop? Thanks. Love the show. Well, did it reverse since they announced they're going to keep it open? The, the, yeah, we the talked about it. Okay. Um, with that, I... I think that those price increases for physical copies are actually more more have to do with the pandemic and the overall rising prices in video games and less to do with the uh, PS3 shop. Okay, next. Hi, guys. My name is Andy, calling from Phoenix, and I have a question for each of you. Pat, you guys have talked about virtual boy games recently, so have you ever put any, any thought into putting virtual boy games in any of your certain guidebooks? There's obviously not enough of them for a whole book by itself, but it could be a nice bonus addendum to the N64 books, since they were released pretty close to each other, and the N64 already has so many fewer games than the other two books or any potential future game ones. Andy, do you want to kill me? Andy, you want blood? <laughs> I, 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 Ian knows the trials and tribulations of producing these books. He, he's tired of hearing about it. It's tough to put them together. Uh, I'll say this. In uh, fact, I removed myself from the process entirely after only one. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Jeremy Parrish is putting together a virtual boy book, from what I know. That'll probably have everything in it. Yeah. So, like, you don't need me to, do, to wedge, wedge in stuff into a console. Dance 4 has nothing to do with the virtual boy. You know, so it's like I understand it, but it then be like, well, why don't you, why don't you include, you know, this random? Why don't you include Game Boy Advance with Game? Like, no, I, I get it. There's not that many games, but like, sorry, I'm sorry. It's making my head hurt even thinking about trying to add on to the process right now. Struggling to get this book done. That was the next part. Oh. Or there's just not enough people like me who care to make it even worth your time. Well, that's the thing, Andy. Like. Well, that's like, the thing. That's the Andy. thing, Andy. No one cares about the virtual boy, but if you want it, a standalone book would make more sense from a from a business standpoint to do a separate book, a, a smaller book, you know, for like twenty bucks with like 70, 70 pages at most. I mean, there's only what twenty something games, with, including Japanese. And for Ian, what would you say is the average ballpark amount that your store offers for a game versus what you're going to sell it for? Like thirty percent, fifty percent, whatever. I know there's going to be lots of variation in case by case basis, but just average ballpark. And would you say that that number is similar to other stores? Thank you, Andy. You're a phoenix troublemaker with these questions. I think I'm starting. No, I mean I've answered this before. Um, So the basic idea is fifty percent of what we would sell it for in credit. 20, this, this is a little outdated. I'm going to correct that. But in general, it was 50% of what we would sell it for in credit and then 50% of that in cash. So 25% cash, 50% credit. That's how we would look at it. Um, that would be for your fairly basic common average games. Uh, we frequently would skew higher for desirable games, popular games, expensive games, something that was probably closer to, um, 
you know, 60 to 65 percent of even two thirds of what we would sell it for in credit and then maybe a third to even sometimes 50 percent of what we would sell it for uh, in cash. It really depends with the um, troubles that we've been having getting games into the store. Uh, we've been treating much more games um, like we would have treated uh, the rarer type games. We're paying a lot more for stuff right now. Uh, do a few more here. That's a bong. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. My question to you guys is, what are your guys' thoughts on Jim Ryan reversing the shutdown on the PlayStation 3 store and PlayStation Vita store and PSP store? Honestly, I hope that he unleashes backwards compatibility of PlayStation 1 and 2 on the PS5. That would make me get the PS5. But anyways, have a good one, guys. Well, I don't think you're going to see that happen with the PS1, PS2 stuff. But I, I don't uh, like. Hey, so again, this is old. It's great that that was reversed. I don't. It's it's literally just kicking the can down the hallway. It's going to be a problem again sure. at some point as long as this guy's in charge. And I hate to say it, I don't think we'll ever see that sort of backwards compatibility on a Sony system. I just don't until someone else is in charge. It's not what they care about. All right, that's it for this. For this, I think that's good enough. That's good. Yeah, that was a solid fifteen minutes. It was. That's what we get out of that. And uh, we'll we'll cut it off for next week. There, um, what an exciting time we had today. Mo- mostly breakfast meats uh, oriented, I guess. That's right. Is it good for a lift already? Yeah, uh, I, I feel like never was, know. Was, never uh, know. I feel like weird. Frank never calls me like that early, so it's almost like it's either stupid or something serious. Unfortunately, so I got to listen to that when we stop the podcast here. Yeah, it's so rare for him to, to text me or, or call me that early. This is a fine podcast, and I feel I feel good. It was good. It was great. I got an announcement about a, a series. Uh, I'll probably announce that next week that uh, we'll be coming back in some fashion. Or we'll, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, something's happened. It'll be the summer of something, basically. Um, so yeah, that'll be next week. All right. Oh, the little the little thingamajobber came out of my little blowhole on my my, my. thingamajobber came lose out this, of your blowhole. If you lose lose this on on the on the water bottle, you can't drink out of it. All right. That's, that's my bong. Well, all right. We'll see you later, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>